Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran. You are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, today I'm talking creativity, how to stay creative yourself and how to build a creative team. I turned the Corcoran Group into the creative force of the real estate industry. No easy feat. I was a naturally creative type of person when I got started in business, but I knew if I were to become a leader in my field, I would need to build beyond myself and create a large team of other creative people. And that took putting good systems in place to make sure it happened. Here's how I keep myself creative and make sure my Shark Tank companies are doing the same. I've never had a great idea at the office, but I found all my best ideas on the outside. I've never created a single idea that was original, but I keep my eyes and ears open for things I find clever or interesting around me. If my attention is drawn to something unusual or I notice smart execution of something, I always ask myself, hey, how can I use this in my business? Early in my business, I saw Reverend Moon advertising his small, friendly face in a Pan Am airline classified ad page. His tiny face captured my attention because it was the only face among ads filled with only typeset. That turned into me putting my face in all my real estate ads in the New York Times and later making my face the brand of my big business. I watched an intriguing Italian Airlines arrival board post their arrivals in four colors. Every other airline was doing it in black and white. That turned into color coding my entire property listing system with different colors for different size apartments, making them all so easy to find for my sales agents. While watching the Kentucky Derby on TV, I noticed the winning horses were all wearing huge gold ribbons on their head harnesses. That turned into me handing out oversized gold ribbons to my winning salespeople. I didn't put them on their heads, of course, but every time they made a million-dollar sale, I gave them a new gold ribbon, and they pinned it on their bulletin boards like they were the greatest trophies they had ever had. You may not believe this, but we doubled our million-dollar sales within that year. You have to realize that fun and creativity are kissing cousins. You've got to mandate fun and creativity in your business if you want it to happen. When I was a kid, I watched my dad hand over his $400 pay to my mom every week and watch my mom hand my dad back a $20 bill, always saying, hey, here's your mad money, Ed. Go out and have some fun. And with 10 kids to work for and feed at home, my dad was very happy to oblige. You need to do the same in your business. I gave every one of my sales managers 5% of their operating budget every month to spend however they wanted on fun things and new ideas for their office. If they didn't use the extra money by year-end, they had to give it back. They never wanted to give it back and used it to create innovative things to try and new things to do for fun without any fear of wasting money. And boy, did they get creative. And their entire office got creative along with them. Not only did they plan for fun excursions and parties, but they also made a habit of trying out wacky ideas and ways of making the real estate business even more fun. The Mad Money Budget created a culture of innovation at my business. At work, we learned to laugh at all the tries and all the failures. And by failing, we accidentally discovered other ideas that actually worked. 
And every new innovation at the Corcoran Group grew my business, giving us the reputation as a creative force in our field, and it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't designated mad money for that purpose. In short, we mandated creativity. I think it's smart to have a good idea box in every business. We had a bright green one in each office, and salespeople and employees donated their ideas all week long on things we could do better for them and for their customers. On Monday morning's meeting in front of everybody, I opened the box and read out every single idea, good and bad, and I publicly rewarded the person in front of their peers for every idea with a crisp $1 bill. Some ideas were great, and many were not so good, but the green box encouraged everyone to think of ideas without any risk of being judged as either good or bad, and they got their dollar for it either way. I think it's smart for the boss to share their own failed attempts with their staff. It humanizes the boss and takes the shame out of trying new things and failing for everyone in the organization. Employees naturally emulate their boss even if they don't like them, and watching their boss make mistakes in public without shame creates respect for trying and acceptance of failing. It communicates that it's okay to try and fail and that it's just part of the company's innovative culture and the company grows into a powerful team of open, innovative workers eager to invent the next new thing. And now it's time to answer your questions on Business Unusual. Writer from Fayetteville, Arkansas asks, Barbara, you say to build a business, passion is just not enough. I know I'm a 10 plus in passion, and what's more important than that? Ryder, the reason I think passion is so grossly overrated is there are too many people jumping out there with a passion for their business, but nothing more. What you really need to find out is if your passion can actually make money. And my best advice for you sizing that up fast is to go out with your product or your service and pitch it and see if someone will actually hand you the money that it takes for them to get one. If they won't give you the money, your passion is just that. It's a starting point, but it sure ain't a business. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. My friends at On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. The only business mentor who ever mattered to me was, in fact, my mom. But first, what do you do when people stop returning your calls? You reinvent yourself. Here's how I did it. Never think you're too old to reinvent yourself. I spent 25 years building a real estate company in New York City, and then I sold it, and I was lost. What I realized was that leaving your old job is hard. I missed terribly the people I worked with. When I walked into my business, I had everyone saying good morning. I now only had my husband and kids saying good morning. I instantly felt old, thinking that nothing really exciting was ahead of me because the best was behind me. And of course, I faced my worst insecurities that I'd be a nobody for life. But then one day I realized, no, I didn't sell my golden goose, which is what I was thinking at the time. But instead I realized all I did was sell one golden egg and I would lay another. And so here's how I reinvented myself. I decided I was gonna find my next perfect career by thinking about what I did well and what I did poorly. 
I took a piece of paper, I drew a line down the middle, and I wrote on one side everything I liked about every job I ever had, and on the other side, I wrote a long list of what I didn't like. Then I looked at the list and tried to figure out which occupations would utilize the stuff I really loved doing and wouldn't have much of what I didn't like at all. What I realized in looking at my list was that I liked best of all having a platform and getting attention. And so I decided I was going to go either into the TV business or public relations, and that would suit me well. I couldn't get there overnight. I had to reinvent myself in stages. And in doing so, I learned the following hard facts. One, you can't change your wiring, but you can repackage yourself. I learned that my old contacts were useless. I threw out my old Rolodex. I found that people didn't return my calls because I wasn't important enough. I had to learn to get past being insulted. And in the silences, I learned to be patient, something I'd never learned to be before. Eventually, I landed a spot on a new show out there called Shark Tank. Ten years later, I've invested in over 40 new businesses and having the time of my life. It's never too late to reinvent yourself. I never had a business mentor, but I followed my mother's advice instead. She raised 10 kids in a two-bedroom flat in New Jersey, and she was always working. I learned by example, you've got to really work hard, and I took that into my business career. My mom taught me to always focus on the positive in people and try hard to ignore the negatives. She spotted the positive in each child the day they were born, would announce it to each of the siblings, and make us perform that gift for the rest of the family for the rest of our lives. My brother Ed, she said, was a born leader. My brother T was a born dancer. And of course, I had the wonderful imagination. I've learned to identify gifts when I'm judging entrepreneurs in Shark Tank. I try to see what they do well and then build their business on the back of what they do especially well. I learned that in choosing salespeople for building my brokerage business to identify a great salesperson early and focus on what they did well to make sure their sales increased every year. My mom always said it's easier to be kind, and she was right. She spent most of her time doing small favors and kindnesses for everyone in town who needed a helping hand. For many of the families that just arrived in America and moved to our little factory town, my mother volunteered each of her children to stand in as godparents at our local church. Together, we probably have 40, maybe even 60 godchildren. Who knows? I found that extending small kindnesses in business yielded great returns. It created many loyal associates and friendships that helped me succeed in business. My mom said you need a system for everything if things are going to be done well. She didn't believe in wasting time. She had two sock drawers in the kitchen, the top one navy blue boy socks, all one size, and the bottom all girl socks in white, all one size. It made for easy work getting 10 kids out to school in the morning. All you had to do is grab any two socks, remembering if you're a boy or a girl, and they always matched. I created systems in my business that helped me multiply my success again and again. I found that anything I did more than once, I stopped and thought, what's the system here and how can I organize it better? And by creating the systems, I was able to build a big business much faster than my competitors. The key here is listen to your mom. She's a lot smarter than many of the gurus that claim to know a lot about business. 
And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Audiation.